Hey ladies, welcome to the Peace in the Middle podcast, a platform that provides clarity, insight, and growth to leaders worldwide through practical application in the Christian faith. My name is Wakia, and I'm your host. Okay, so today we will be discussing Charlemagne of God's um, book, Shook One. We will be discussing chapter four the fear of therapy and as always ladies i have my special guest here fatima farmer and tashika little ladies welcome to the middle hi so today let's talk about this so like i um like i was saying a little earlier that i sort of listened to this chapter already like a couple of times just to try to get my bearing on it it was a lot of stuff going on in it you know it was a lot of you know it, it really made me think a lot about um you know this chapter really had me thinking about a couple of different things so you know the chapter sort of starts off with um how and i'm just going to read this little quote here and it starts i guess from tanitra williams or whatever and it says we're taught just go to church and pray about it the lord is going to heal you well, in the meantime, I believe God gifted people, physicians, doctors, therapists, that's your healing. <clears throat> Take advantage of it. Go see a professional so that they can, assess, they can assist you. It's okay if you're going through something. Depression is not okay, but it's okay to get help. So while I also believe that, I, t- I totally believe that. Like, I think it's appropriate for you to go talk to somebody um, to sort of get help. But I must honestly admit, I probably just have gotten to this point in my life where I thought it was okay, probably recently. I'm going to say within the last four or five years. Up until that, I was like one of those typical people like, what? Mm-mm. We don't go to, we don't, we don't go get, we don't go to no therapists. Like, hey, that's not what we do. That's not our people. You know, our people don't go, all, don't go to therapists. Um, and so... I feel like this this um, chapter was sort of down my road a little bit because when he was talking, I was like, well, yeah, I can understand it. Primarily because I've never known anyone in my family as far as older family to talk about therapy. Like, that wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and I mean, let's be realistic. That's really not something even now that we talk about in the Black community. Like, that's not something... And, and, and then here's the other question, too. In spots where we are talking about it, I don't know if we're talking about it because it's, like, it, it's something that we really need, which obviously we do, or if that's just now the cool thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it might be like the end thing for right now. You know, I don't, I don't really know. Um, that's interesting. You know, so, so what are your thoughts? What, what, what are your thoughts on this, on this chapter? I mean, I definitely agree um, that it's, is something that I didn't, I wasn't always open to. I think I definitely became more open to it probably about the same amount of years ago, like four or five years ago, when, like, when I was dealing with a lot of, like, depression and just all these feelings that I didn't fully understand, but I think I was just in a space where I was just seeking, so I was Googling everything. Like, I'm talking about, like, I was like, why do I like literally typing in the way I was feeling and seeing what was coming up. And then once I started researching depression, I realized that like a lot of my symptoms lined up with that, you know, but it wasn't something that like, I immediately was like, Oh, well, this means I have to go see a therapist and like, I have to do this. Like, I didn't really know what to do. I just knew that, okay, I 
probably have some sort of depression and I should probably do something about it. But I think for me, the first step was kind of like just talking to talking to my best friend about it and like starting to open up with close friends. I think that was the first thing I did. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I started talking about it like online with like the community that I have and with the content that I create. Like I started to just naturally have conversations about how I was feeling and what I was doing to kind of get through what I was feeling. But it definitely was like a process because like you said, like I, I grew up with, you know, similar in similar environment where it was just like, I didn't know anyone that had ever been to therapy. I didn't know any family members. Um, I didn't know any therapist personally, especially not any black ones. So it was this very foreign concept that was just like, the way he said it in the book was like, that's white people's problems. Like that's that literally is how, that is yeah. yeah, it's like that's <laughs> how we were raised to perceive yeah. therapy, which is so crazy. Mm-hmm. Like now with like the knowledge that I have, it's just, that's mind boggling to me. But for a long time, that was the reality. And I'm sure that's honestly the reality still for a lot of people who feel like, you know, that's just not something that black people deal with. And I think a lot of it has to do with like media too, because at least from what I can remember, when I did see people talking about mental health on television, it was always like shows like the grassy with like a mostly white cast or like yeah, yeah. shows on like you know the disney channel but it was always like white schools and white teenagers so it right. never felt like something that mm-hmm. black kids struggled with yeah so mm-hmm. yeah it was like it was a foreign concept for a really long time up until like a few years ago where i really just became comfortable with it and was like you know i i view it as getting getting help with like I always say this but I'm like if I break a bone I don't sit and pray to God to heal my bone I go to the doctor (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and for me that's how I view mental health if there's something mentally that doesn't feel right if I'm feeling depressed or I'm feeling like I'm having suicidal thoughts or something like that's just not in the normal, not me in my normal space, then it's like, okay, I know that I need to go talk to someone because this is not normal. This is not how my mind normally functions. So that's kind of how I view it now, but it was definitely like a journey to get to that point. I think that's so crazy though. I mean, I totally agree with you. And I think it's so crazy because you think about like our parents, uh, our aunties, our uncles, you know, they never even, I never heard any of them say anything about being depressed. Like, I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't even remember my mama even saying ever <laughs> that she was depressed. You know, she was, you know, this is what my mother used to say. I, I'm not in a good space today. You know what I'm saying? And her good space meant just that. That literally just meant you better stay away from her. That's what that meant. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know she never really, you know, I've never heard my mother. Now, now I can talk to my mama. She might say something to that, to that regard. You know, she's just, you know, she's a little sad today or whatever. But she never really, you know, when I was younger, that was just never a thing that was ever said. Like, I never even heard of such a thing. Because you're right. For us, I grew up thinking, those white people problems. You know, black people, we had, we had, we had, we, we had more physical problems. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We didn't have mental problems. <laughs> you know? And then up until, and if you think about that, even up until the D.C. sniper, up until the D.C. sniper, when those guys were black, we, stuff would pop off. We'd be like, Psh, white black people don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Exactly yep. right. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. you ain't gonna see black people doing this. That ain't what black people do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and you just, and you know, we starting to see now. No, that's not a thing, right? This is a global, universal um, 
issue that everybody needs to sort of deal with and talk about. You know, um, you know, I uh, actually was just, I met with a pastor yesterday and he and I was talking, I was telling him about this podcast and I was telling him about how we was talking about mental health in the black community. And he said himself, he was like, you know, he said that is something that is coming up more and more in churches today where we really start to talk to our congregations and really lean in more to this subject of mental health in our communities because it is an issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking like, um, I think it's kind of like you said, like, so when we were young, the, any problems, <laughs> first of all, it's just, we were just different. How about that? Like, we didn't talk about mental health problems or things like that. And I guess kind of because um, our parents had a different set of expectations for us. You know, I think that's part of it. Like Girl, that would be crazy. That's what they expected. They expected us not to be crazy. crazy. <laughs> you know what? You wasn't crazy because there was punishment for crazy. This is not a game. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't even be depressed. Like, I couldn't even be depressed. I could be depressed while I'm doing what she tell me to do. You know what I'm that's saying? Right. That's right. It don't matter how you feel about it. That what that matter? Why you feel? You ain't against kids. You didn't have the option of feelings. There was no feelings. <laughs> you better know what it. You was told to do. And if I you can. if it was something that you had going on or something like that, you went to church. You talked mm-hmm. to God about it, and that's what it was. And I think um, I, I think just like Fatima said, it doesn't make sense. Like if you think about it now, it doesn't make sense. That that whole thought process is ridiculous. If you have a problem and it's physical, then you go to the doctor. That's what you do. So if you have a problem that is mental and something in your mind just isn't right or you're not able to work through it yourself, because the whole point of it is that it's something that you are not able to work through yourself, then you need to seek help outside of yourself. Like we, we were brought up in the church. So the first thing our you know first thought process, of course, is to give it to God. But it's just like um, Charlemagne said, faith without works is dead. He put these people in your lives, in their places for a reason. It's another resource. God is not going to come and pick you up off of that house when that flood comes. He's not going to reach down and pick you up off of that house physically. <laughs> he is going to send somebody in that boat to come and get you. So you need to get on that boat. You know, we kind of have to work through things ourselves. You, you, We put resources there. We make them available for you. So... You have to be the one to go out and say, look, this is a problem. So I need to, to get these resources. But another thing is, I think that our um, older generations didn't recognize what the problem was. Agreed. So when, when our parents were like, see, kid, your mama was a little different because you don't get D. D was always about about it. You know, she was always doing, moving and shaking, even when she wasn't in a good space. That didn't stop her. But my mom didn't work a lot of the times. So she was home all the time. Like our entire lives, she was always home. So when you see her, you come home and she in the bed, you just think she's tired. You know what I'm saying? You just think she's tired. You don't you don't know what from. Now this ain't no game. But <laughs> <laughs> you're right, she's been home all day. What she died from? <laughs> you but you don't recognize that that is a sign of depression until you get older you don't know that that's what that stems from it stems from all the drinking and doing drugs and being in a physically abusive relationship you don't realize all of that part until later on 
So that's part of what makes it like um, harder for black people to get help. First, you have to recognize that there is a problem. You have to see as a problem and there's something wrong for you to need to get help. And I think for a lot of the older generations, they just didn't see it was a need because they didn't recognize that there was a problem to start with. And that's, that's the sad part. So now, you know, with our generation, especially with our children, because you know our children are so much more open than we are. They're um, especially like, um, you know, D'Angela, most of her friends, you know, are all kinds of races, you know, not just black. Like we had all different races, but we still, uh, most of our friends were still the majority black. The people we hung, hung with were the majority black. Well, now the kids aren't like that. They're so much more diverse and so much more accepting. Thank you, Jesus, for that. So much more accepting of each other. So it's a little different. Like if she was to say to one of her friends, you know, she needed to talk to somebody about something or counseling or something like that, her friends wouldn't think anything of it. They would not make a, they wouldn't think anything of it. To them, that would be totally natural, you know, and totally okay. She wouldn't be shamed. It wouldn't be something that they would think, well, black people don't do that. It would be totally fine for her generation to go and do that. And that's a big difference between us, you know, for how they're coming up now and how we were when we were coming up. <clears throat> and, and, I, and I totally agree. Like I said, I definitely think that it is a little, it is definitely more acceptable. And like, you know, with Charlamagne coming out and talking about it and several other um, celebrities or whatever have come out and talked about the, the importance of therapy and mental health. I um, mean, obviously with us having all these suicides of all these different celebrities, um, mm -hmm. constantly, constantly, you know, rings the bell about how important mental health is to you. Um, but still in all, you know, uh, right now, we're still the most, you know, in a very over-medicated state. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. like he talked about in the book, see how, you know, people use different substances or whatever to, you know, deal with that depression. Because sometimes you might go talk to a counselor and you might not feel like they're, they're doing anything. You don't feel like it's really, you know, moving in any direction and so you just need like a little pick me up a little something to go to sleep a little something to wake up a little something just to get you through your day you know what i'm saying exactly mm -hmm. and that's why right now you like i don't know about y'all but you know here in maryland when i ride down the street and i ride by a fire station they always have the um how many overdoses we've had you know this year and how many you know how many overdoses and then how many deaths occur due to those overdoses you know what i'm saying i don't know i didn't know they do that Yes, because it is a huge epidemic right now around here for us where, um, because there's such a, you know, huge um, opioid epidemic, you know what I'm saying, where people are just, you know, between heroin and, and just, you know, and then the pills and then, you know, you know, just, it's everything at this point, like it's everything because people just can't seem to deal with life, like this whole life thing, this whole life world is just stressful, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it's so it's so it's so scary to me um, to think that people don't go and get help. I'm so grateful in his book how he broke down the, the cost mm -hmm. of, of, of this situation, you know, of mental health. Like it's not that expensive. Now don't get me wrong, because you know it was funny. Remember when he was like four hundred dollars, and he was like, I know y'all probably think four hundred dollars. <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 But, but 
my next question I wrote down after that, well, you know, what do you feel like is the, what, what do you feel like is worth the investment of your mental health? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. You know, yeah. what, what do you feel like it's worth, you know? You can start with counseling. Let's, let's right. start low. Let's start right. low. <laughs> let's, let's, start with the free. Look, let's start with free and see if that can get me where I need to be. You know, if that can't help and we need to progress, then by all means, we'll move up to bigger and better. But let's start with the low and see if that takes care of your needs first. You know, I just, I think that, I, and he said something in this book, and I don't know who, I don't know who quoted it, so I'm just going to say that he said it in the book, was that he said, you know, um, if you're silent about your pain, then it, then it would kill you, and they would say you enjoyed it. You know what I'm saying? And that mm-hmm. was like a true statement to me. Well, I'm thinking, hmm, you know, you just don't really want to say anything, or you don't really want to, because I think it's even hard to even admit, yet, you know, even though I realize now it's cool, mm-hmm. it's, but see, okay, so let me talk, talk about this. Let me just um, go back a little bit. So, now it's cool, but you realize right now we are also in a very over victim, what is it, victimized culture. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and again, that's why I said initially when we first started, is it just a cool thing right now? You know what I mean? Because come on now, come on, everything, you know, come on. Now, you know, we're in a different environment. We're, you know, I grew up different. My mom put me out at 17 to she could, you know, we've been, we've been doing it for a minute. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we didn't run back home. You know what I'm saying? When things got stressful, we, we handled it. Like we just kept pushing. And while it may not have been, and I'm sure obviously, you know, I, I definitely went through times when I was extremely sad. I couldn't see me get myself together, but I was girl sad on my way to work. <laughs> I was sad on my way to work, man. I was sad on my way to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was still sad paying my rent. Like, I was still sad, but I was still, you know, I was still do what I had to do. Not to make light of it, but to just say that right now we're in this culture where it's so cool to be broken. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. We didn't have the opportunity. We didn't have the ability to stop. And I think that's the difference. Like, even if you was you were struggling and you had stuff that you had going on. You just did not have the ability to stop because somebody was always dependent on you. It was always something that had to be done. It was always something that was required of you. So you just did not have the ability to stop. What mm. you did was you pulled them, you put your big girl panties on and you kept it moving. And did so, it say it? You did it say it? Right. <laughs> You would say, so Fatima, so this is more your generation, I think is more a little bit more you know, um, open about this. What do you think about that? Do you not feel like it's just a cool, you know, how do you, I guess my, what I'm trying to say is how do you, what is the balance between just, you know, living in a victimized culture, being, you know, used to being a victim to really saying, yes, I'm overwhelmed and I need help. Like I'm trying to figure out, you know what I'm saying? Like, where is that mm-hmm. medium? In medium? So I think that's a really interesting question. And I don't know if I 100% see it as like living in a victimized culture. Like I understand, I understand what you mean by that, but I don't know if I actually see that in my day-to-day reality. And it could just be because I'm a millennial and maybe I'm just like blinded to it. (laughs) But I think like my generation and in younger are just, I, I think we, we see the resilience and the, you know, the determination that, you know, people older than us went through. But I think we also have this, like, we're in this sweet spot where, like, we can look back and see all of the the strength and the, um, 
the character that was built in being so strong and doing it anyway and just pushing through and doing it sad. But I think we also see that it doesn't have to be that way anymore. And I think we, because we're so open and we're aware of these resources and there are so many new resources that I think there is a little bit of that mindset of, of um, selfishness. Um, and, and I can totally, you know, I can speak to that from a place of like actually feeling like I'm one of those people that I prioritize my self-care. I prioritize my mental health. Um, so I think there is a little bit of that mentality for my generation and younger, where it's like, we, we understand that this is something that we can prioritize now because we have the resources to do so and we do that like I, I think we're we're like not because it's so accept it's so accepted now it's like we've all kind of um I won't say all but a lot of people are comfortable saying like I'm I, I'm, I can take a self-care day like if I'm not feeling well I'm gonna call out of work and take a self-care day or they'll say they'll they'll just have this um, affirmative attitude uh, about taking care of their mental health. And I think that is, I definitely think that it is, um, sometimes it can feel like it's just like the trendy thing or the cool thing. But honestly, if there's anything that's trendy and cool, I'm I'm glad that it's mental health and I'm glad that it's self-care and I'm glad that it's like taking care of yourself in a way that we haven't seen our people do people of color do for years you know so i I definitely although i don't um i don't necessarily know if it is something that it's just like it's just trendy and it's just something that we're doing because of this this mindset of like we are victimizing ourselves but i I understand that view. Like, I understand how it can look that way. And I also think, um, and I also understand why it's the way that we are in this generation. And I, I think it's beautiful, honestly. Like, I think it's beautiful that so many people are talking about it and so many people are just like, kind of just like, you know, you're, and I, you know what I also think impacts it too? I think it also is impacted a lot by the way we perceive like jobs and the way we perceive um, work. Like a lot of us aren't, a lot of us aren't of the mindset that we have to stay at a company and work our way up and retire with this company. Like yeah. our generation is so much more open to starting our own businesses and making yeah. money online and being entrepreneurs. Yeah. So I think we have, yeah. our mindset is just so different that we're like, <clears throat> I think sometimes it does come across as like entitled, you know, but I, I think there is a, a huge part of it that's just like, I see all that is available to me because we have the internet and we have all this stuff that wasn't around in the past for like my parents to see and stuff. So I'm sure like my my mom, my dad, sometimes they probably look at me like, what? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're doing this now, you're doing that now. But it's like, we, we have this abundance of resources and we we were fortunate enough to grow up in it. So we're like, we are, we, we have an advantage, right? We have the advantage of being excellent at this piece of technology because it's literally like been in our hands for such a long time. And I, I think that impacts how we view the world in general. And I think it definitely impacts how we view 
self-care and why we're so kind of like liberated in that sense when it comes to it where we're just like no like I I can take care of myself and I don't I don't have to go to work sad if I'm feeling sad that day like I can call mm-hmm. out type of thing and I like it is kind of annoying to I, I could imagine from the outside looking in when you're like <laughs> I just sucked it up and went through it and just did it but it's also like I don't know I see I see both sides like I see it as beautiful and I see it as annoying also mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely understand the both sides I think I think the difference is and I'm gonna just say it I think the difference is is that it's easy to say you know, well, not you, Tima, because obviously you're out on your own, but you know, in a lot of times, it could be people staying home with their mama. It's easy for you to be like, yeah, I'm going to take a self-hair day and, and not go to because you ain't the one responsible for the rent. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. When you're the one responsible yeah. for the rent, the right bill, the cable, the, 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 the internet that you so love, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, your mama, who don't want to You know what right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, so, you know, I'm saying? So, about that holding title thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think that's the thing that gets a little tricky, but I definitely agree with you that I definitely agree with you that nowadays it is a lot more acceptable. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm the queen of a me day, ma'am. Let me tell you something. Way before it was a self-care thing, I would do a me day quick because I'm not trying to do it. I'm not trying to go up in here. But what I can say is, is I think that um, I think mental health obviously is very, very important. I just wonder, I remember when my son was graduating from high school and I remember asking him over and over, like, what are you going to do? Like, what, what is the plan? Like, you want to go to school? You want to go to military? What do you want to do? And he had no idea. Like, he had zero, no, zero idea. And I'm like, but wait a minute. And I told him, I said, you know what's so funny to me? It's like you're standing at, looking at a subway map with a pocket full of tokens, and you're scared to move. You see what I'm saying? Society mm-hmm. is stepping. Mm-hmm. Just make a decision. You know what I'm saying? Was just overwhelming to him. And that's when I say that thing. So obviously for him, ideally, he would have loved to be able to stay upstairs and stay, and play, stay in his bedroom and play games. Mm-hmm. That, ain't what that ain't what we do here. That ain't what we do here. <laughs> so um, obviously we're here right now. <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things where I understand, you know, I, I definitely agree. I think that self-care is so important. I am so, so, so happy that, you know, um, generation that um, because it is, it's been out here on Front Street and now it's such an acceptable thing that we're sort of flashing the light a little bit more on the importance of, you know, sometimes you just can't get right. And I think that's one of those things we need to address is the fact that mm, you just can't get right. What worries me is not the fact of us doing the self-care, but the fact that we're doing the self-care and we're not moving forward either, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got, it got to get to a point where eventually you got to pick up your mat and walk. You know what I'm saying? Is it self-care or is it laziness? And that's there it what is. the difference is. That's what it is. And Kia, just so you know, even when you're taking your self-care days, you're still getting paid. Right. You better know it. Girl, that's part of that thing. That's part of self-care. No need for me. <laughs> Listen, if I'm broke, that's going to make me even more sad. I ain't nobody got time for that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that be crazy. self-care days, but they're not free days. We there still no get paid. No We're going to work. So, and I think, I think that's what it is. I think the difference is like um, sometimes we kind of feel different because the work ethic we don't feel like is the same. We feel yeah. like with the younger generation, um, I ain't gonna lie though, I'm kind of envious sometimes because- Absolutely, absolutely. I love that y'all are so free to-, to Yeah, um, free, that's the word. Yes, absolutely. yes, so yeah. free. Not only that, but so creative. Who yeah. in the world would have ever thought that you could get paid to make money with YouTube, uh, making videos on YouTube. 
our generation would not have thought to come up with something like that. And we're not talking about a little bit of money, baby. Look at Justin Bieber. We're talking about making mad money, doing something you love in a creative outlet. You're not talking about nine to five where you're having to go and punch a clock. So I think that part of it is really great. But then the flip side is kind of like, like you were talking about the entitlement part. So mm -hmm. you feel like because of this other things, it kind of, some of you kind of lose the whole work ethic part. <laughs> and that yeah. is the part where- And you're doing it on somebody else's back though. And I think that's where it gets tricky because yeah. I can understand that you're saying yeah. you're doing it and you're, and you're maintaining it, but you can't do that in my basement. The devil's no, alive exactly. in my basement. We need to see some effort and that's the whole thing. You don't want them to use mental illness as a excuse. We don't want it to be used as an excuse. And because your generation is so flexible and so more in tune with your feelings, that is my concern is that instead of putting y'all big girl panties on, sometimes y'all will just not do because you have the option of not doing and mm. that is not appropriate you know we want you to feel free we want you to to be creative we want you to be the best you that you can absolutely be by any means necessary and i think it is awesome sauce that y'all are more into therapy and less judgment because i oh, think a lot of us didn't do it because of the judgment um the whole judgment part of it too you don't want to be judged by the by other black people in your neighborhood because you having this problem or because of that problem so we keep a lot of stuff uh, we internalize a lot of things the only people that know the real stuff that's going on in your life are your best friends your best friends your family the people that are closest to you so we we did a whole lot of internalizing and y'all don't have to do that as well so i think that's kind of a big part of it too my only thing is just like i said sometimes that little thin line that <laughs> you walk between that hole. We can't be lazy, ladies. We still have to put in the honest effort of work and remember what the honest effort of work is. And we do think you should work smarter, not harder, by all means. But you still have to work. <laughs> you have to do it. You have to put in that effort. Otherwise, it's not it's not worth anything. Not to me. I, I definitely think that, you know, the like I definitely agree with you, Sheikah. I think that I'm so I'm so thoroughly impressed yes. with this generation and how and how, you know, if, if this generation wasn't so open and honest, we would still not be able to talk this have this conversation today. You see what I'm saying? And so that right there to me, <clears throat> that to me is what makes me, you know, very appreciative. You know of it. I, I was sitting here thinking as, as we was talking, Fatima. I can't wait to see what your children look like. You know what I'm saying? They be like, "Mommy, I just need to take a self care day." Gifted, so you go. You got her going this whole. Right. And she was like, "Mommy, I just can't today. I just can't, mommy." And you like, "Listen, 
that tuition is going to be paid whether you there or not. I'm going to need you to go sad today. I'm going to need you to go sad today. <laughs> like it's like a thin line, like that line. So I look so forward to Mm-hmm. you know, like that, the generation, like I look so forward to seeing, you know, our niece's generation, our nephew's generation, you know, because I'm looking forward to see that, to see how is this continue? You know, I think mental health is a, because you know, every, you know, it only takes a few bad apples to mess it up for everyone, right? So that's why I don't like to generalize, right, terms, but I definitely feel like, you know, when you're looking at stuff, if a couple people just constantly abuse it, then it's not really quite the same thing. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, but I think that right now that we can have these conversations and I think it's such a healthy thing. You know what I would say on the flip side of that though, like um, I definitely agree with what you guys are saying though. Like I can totally be honest that some of us are just lazy and some of us just get like paralyzed because of all the options, like because we can create money, you know, at home and we can be, we can do YouTube and we can do all this creative stuff. It's like a lot of people that um, I talk to like, people that are like younger than me and like in college it's like it's that overwhelming feeling of like I have so many options I don't know what to do you know Um, so just like that stuck feeling but I think on the flip side of of the us being so vocal about our feelings and about you know prioritizing self-care is like because of that so many changes have happened in the workforce that can affect everybody that can benefit everybody like for example at my last job I worked at a nonprofit, which was like almost a hundred years old I think it was actually a hundred years old and it was just the mindset there was so different from companies I worked at in the past where it was like you can come in wherever you want you could dress however you want you go you know you can eat wherever you want like you can work in different areas of the office but they were in a very like rigid closed-minded atmosphere because that's just the nature of the business that's just how it was that's how these people the ceo and the founders that's how they grew up but i think my presence and being there and just not even being like i need this i want this to change it was just like me just being like having conversations like oh you know it like as someone that's like very creative and very artistic it's a little hard for me to kind of be creative and artistic in a cubicle like I would just love a place where I could just maybe stand and just work instead of having to sit all day long and then that spiraled into a conversation of okay well maybe we can actually figure out a better uh, a better spacing for a cafeteria where people have more space to eat and like a lounge area where people can like take a, a mental break if they need to so it's like those concepts weren't even on their radar prior to me coming there. It was like foreign to them. It was like, why would we do that? But then once we started having conversations about it and and um, I'm fortunate that I had a manager that was like, she was kind of in the millennial range too. So she understood it as well. But it was like, when we joined forces together and we started making valid points as to how this could benefit everyone, it was like this company that had been stuck in its ways for so long was suddenly open to all these new ideas. Mm-hmm. And I think that is like the beauty of it is that our uh, privilege sometimes and our um, mindset of feeling like just this this uh, sense of entitlement sometimes it can lead to some really really beneficial changes if if it's um, I think if it's done in the right way and not just from a place of laziness but in a way of actually communicating how it benefits everyone involved you know. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I think that's why we see so many offices with like flexible hours and like flexible um, desk solutions and not as many cubicles. Like a a lot of spaces are starting to adapt that mindset, but it it came from our generation being like, hey, we can change this. Like you guys know we can change this, right? Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I totally agree. I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I think that's, I think that is totally, totally valid. And I can honestly say, on the flip side of that, that because we do have a lot of offices that are open concept, mm-hmm. and a lot of us hate it. <laughs> but you know, and I think, and I think it's just because of the fact that then everybody is talking, so you can't really just focus and do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. But. I definitely like it too. When I if I just want to talk, I just turn around and just start talking out loud, and somebody gonna join in, you know, which is what I do. All. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but I, I definitely agree. And like I said, and I, you know, it's so crazy because I think the conversation that we're having today about just the differences in generations, I'm sure our parents probably sat around with their friends having the conversations as well about us. Because let it, just to be clear, Tashika and I, what we call Generation Xers, as Generation Xers, we don't stay at a job either. That was our, that was baby boomers. Baby boomers, the zip, you know, will stay at a job forever. Generation Xers, now we doing it moving. We like, we doing it moving. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, um, but but I definitely think that we deal we still have that little hard knock that that hard knock life a little bit where we're a little bit more in tune um to just get it we 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 we're under the you know get a done mentality instead of the stop and sort of figuring out what's wrong why don't, you know what's wrong you know so um as I was listening to this book, I was thinking more about how he was <laughs> how he was talking about you know the type of therapist you're supposed to get and why, but you know what was so crazy sometimes, and maybe this is just me, you don't know if you really need a therapist. When you've just been getting it done forever and that's just what you, your, your daily grind is your daily grind, you don't even know. And I'm just going to say for my generation, Generation X as I'm assuming, we don't even know if we need a therapist. Like we don't know if, huh, <laughs> do I need to talk to somebody about this? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's what I was saying about us and our parents. Like when you you don't know what what to look for. If like um right. like they didn't make it readily available the information about being depressed or what is depression until like recently. You know like when we got old and grown and stuff. You like you don't you gotta know what the signs are to know you got a problem. You know <laughs> you so like you be pushing and you be pushing and you be going and you be going and you just like well you just handle it. You just deal with it. So if it's always like that, it's hard to even know when there is a problem that needs to be addressed, you know? So what do you do when you're trying to figure out, do I need some help? Do I have something on Right, and then if you go up in there, like he, I love how he did the little thing, like this is what therapy looks like, like you know what, what it looks like when you go in the office. Because I'm sitting there myself, what y'all talking about? Like what you, you know, because then you almost feel a little ridiculous, and I'm glad he said, black people, y'all, y'all gonna feel a little funny having to talk first about something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when he said she's not gonna, she's not gonna hit you with right. a word after everything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you better face <laughs> <laughs> No, that is right. 
You better talk to me, man, for four hundred dollars. Um, but um, so I think that's the thing, right? Is that just to go up in there? Because I went to a therapist for the first time, to a counselor for the first time, and you know, you know, honestly, in my in my truth, is that when I went and talked to the lady, really, it was like if this wasn't a therapy thing, me and her could have been cool. Like I was trying to give her my number, like, ma'am, just call me outside here. Like we can talk for real. Like we can talk about. It. You know what I'm saying? But that's, that's my personality. After a while, I just sat down and I just started saying, well, so here's the deal. This is what I want to talk about today. Um, but it did feel strange. Like, it did feel strange to come and talk to somebody about stuff. Because I really, it's, it almost, and I'm just going to say for me, I almost felt like I was having to go through my mental Rolodex to decide, is this even worthy enough to talk about? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, is this even worthy, worthy enough? You know, so I'm thinking I got to have something big to talk about. Because, ma'am, if you want me to talk about some little stuff that I already got over a long time ago, like, we ain't going to waste time talking about that. Not for no $400 an hour. I'm going to need to talk to you about some stuff. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I think, you know, I think that's what's interesting, though, about therapy. is like sometimes it could be those heavy conversations, but sometimes it could also just be talking about, like he said, like, I really like how he mentioned he writes down stuff throughout the week that bothered him because mm-hmm. although mm-hmm. in those moments, right, it could seem like small things when you talk to someone about it and like, and, and in a good therapy session where like the person is mainly listening and they're not, you know, they're not affirming you. They're also not making you feel bad about it, but they're just listening and they're allowing you to just explore that deeper. It's like, you usually can dig deep enough until you get to a point where you realize that something that seems small could actually be affecting you in a big way, or it could be reminding you of a situation that affected you in a big way. And I think like, something that I learned over time of working and especially working with different therapists is like realizing that sometimes those small, those seemingly small conversations where I felt like I didn't have anything heavy to talk about turned into some of the heaviest situations where I'm like crying in my car and I'm like, I got to pull over because meanwhile, I was just telling you about my experience walking down the street and suddenly it turned into like a deep session, like a very deep thing. Um, so I yeah I really like that part too where he went into into depth about how how the therapy session looks and because it, it is very it it's not always like these big it's not always a big thing sometimes it's just what was your day like <laughs> what was your week like <laughs> and you know it's so funny because in my mind the first time I'm thinking is like oh it was good I, it was good I mean I, and in my mind I'm about? thinking I need to pay somebody to do that. I mean, do this for my kids. Tisha, how was your day? What was your day? What was your day today? Yeah. That's what I want to be like, I would think like, um, I don't know, what would we discuss? What issues would we discuss? You know, and then the thing is, it ain't a discussion. So that's what she would lose me at totally because I'm just like, right. You just want me to talk for an hour? Is that what we're doing now? Don't get me wrong, because y'all know I'd have no problem doing that. I just don't know how fruitful it would be. I just don't know how, without a running dialogue of or direction, mm-hmm. without without direction, like without a reason for me to do that. I don't. I just don't know how that how that works. I don't know how that works. Like I understand going if you have a problem. 
I understand going a few, even, even if it don't, nah, it don't have to be a big problem. That I can totally see. Anything, because I believe in um, problem resolution. I believe in finding good, good ways to handle problems. And even though you, um, the resolution you get or the way that you work through a problem is for something specific, I definitely believe it can be applied to other situations. So I believe in that. But I just don't know what it would be for if you don't have a problem. Like, <laughs> what would it be for if you don't have an issue or you don't have something that you're working on? So what would you go for then? Tima? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us something. Help us out. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm right I, with you. I, okay, so this is how, <laughs> how I view it, right? I initially started going because there was a problem because I felt depressed right I felt depressed I was like okay I'm gonna go and depression like for any just in general for anyone if they're listening and they don't know like how do you know if you're depressed it was like what we kind of talked about earlier like I didn't want to get out of bed like it was to the point where like I didn't want to go anywhere like I was forcing myself to just kind of like drag myself to work and go but I would rather be in bed if I could. When I was home, I would go straight into my room, go under the covers, not want to talk to anybody. And I couldn't pinpoint where that was coming from. I just knew that like something, something didn't feel right because I wasn't being myself for a prolonged period of time. Like the normal activities that I was usually excited about doing, I had no interest in doing. And I couldn't pinpoint exactly why. So that's what was like the start of it for me was like, okay, something is obviously wrong. So then I started having conversations with people doing research on it. And I'm like, okay, this sounds like depression. And one of the, you know, solutions or one of the things that can help is getting, getting therapy or talking to a counselor. So when I tried it initially, you know, it was focusing on you know, she, the therapist was kind of asking me specific questions around that. Well, like, how long have you felt this way? Or how long this? And we started digging into deeper issues around, like, um, around, like, topics around, like, uh, validation and or, or feeling like I wasn't being heard or feeling uh, like I was constantly being judged. Like, we started digging into those heavier topics, right? And then as time went on and I felt like I was getting to a better space where depression wasn't my main thing anymore where it wasn't like like we would check in and I she was like well how are you feeling and I'm like honestly like I've been feeling great for like weeks now like I'm feeling good and she's like okay that's great like so we would just talk about regular everyday stuff like so what was your day like what was your week like and like I said sometimes bigger things would kind of come up in those conversations where maybe let's see like something that could seem small, like somebody cutting me off in traffic or somebody like, you know, giving me the finger in traffic all of a sudden turns into this bigger, deeper thing that's like rooted in this other issue that I hadn't noticed. And then I think like, eventually I got to a point where I was like, okay. And he talked about this in the book where it's like, you do it for a certain period of time. Um, and that's effective, right? You, if you have a problem, you do it for a certain period of time, you work through that problem. And then it's okay. It's totally okay to stop. Um, it's kind of one of those things that's like, I, I personally view it as something that's like, if I have a, a bigger issue that I'm facing, like if something happens or, and I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm feeling myself kind of slipping back into those depressed feelings, then I'm like, okay, this is the time where I'm going to sign back up and I'm going to talk to someone. 
But if I'm having continuously like months where I feel fine and I don't have these deep, heavy feelings, I'm not feeling sad, I'm not feeling overwhelmed outside of like the additional, you know, the, the um, occasional stress from like work or whatever. Like if it's just that, I'm just like, okay, I feel pretty good without it right now. But I, I think it's one of those things that's kind of like, I view it as like maintenance of the mind in a sense, where it's like, I don't know if the gym is a good analogy, but maybe it's like your car, right? Like you take your car to get checked up every every once in a while or when you have a problem. That's kind of how I view therapy now. It's like I take it I take it in when I have a problem. Like if I get a flat tire, oh we're going in. <laughs> like we're going in for sure. But if it's just, you know, a few months and everything's going fine, you know, maybe I'll I'll do a mental check with myself of how am I feeling? Is everything still fine? Am I still feeling good? And if so, it's like, okay. Like I don't I don't feel the need to like really invest in that at the moment. Um, so that's kind of how I view it, but I, I do think that it's different for, I think it's different for everyone depending on your circumstances and your situations. Like if you're prone to mental health issues, then going to a therapist regularly is probably what's best. But if you're not, and it's just occasional stress or occasional, you know, situations that you feel like you want to work through, then it's a, a completely different kind of approach to it. Well, I, I, thank you for that. I think that, that was a very clear detail, you know, um, explanation and I, and I was sitting here thinking I was like well why did I start and I remember I started because I was having and I don't want to use the word anxiety I knew that I wasn't in a healthy place about stepping out in front of people and I didn't know why and I wanted to understand what was that where was that coming from and every time something would come in my mind while I can think oh this is coming from that I would automatically reject it like girl stop playing that is not a thing you know what I'm saying and then I finally said okay, well, let's just go talk to someone just to make sure that, you know, just to get to the root of what it is. You know, why do you, why do you feel this feeling of you can't do it or you shouldn't do it or you're not going to be good enough to do it or, you know, you're just so unqualified to do it. You know, dealing with all these little feelings, um, I want to understand why that was and I want to, you know, unblock that. I have this big thing about anything that I feel like is holding me back, I want to conquer what I feel like is holding me back. And so I decided to start talking, going to talk to someone because I wanted to um, unblock it, basically, is what I'm saying. I just, I really just wanted to unblock it. Like it wasn't a crying session or anything like that. I didn't really, but I just really wanted to just say, mm, could this be a thing? Is this a thing that I need to discuss? You know, or is this a thing I really need? To, and I want, and I intentionally want to do it with a third party because I didn't want nobody to talk to me. I love goggles. And I didn't want, you know what I'm saying? I wanted somebody just to talk to me who really, you know, who just wanted to give me their honest assessment of what was going on. And to she could just to be fair, when I went, she really didn't say nothing. She probably said, I don't know, maybe 10 words the whole time I was there. Mm. So, um, but the word she said was, it was just like what he was saying in the book when he was saying, she might say one thing and then there's silence. And I realized at this point, she's waiting for me to say something. And yep. a couple of times I just called her bluff by just sitting there looking at her too. Like, I guess we just said it out there. All <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And she, and, and she even said, she even said, okay, well, I guess she's not ready to talk about that yet. I was like, I ain't got nothing to say all that. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I thought he was going to say something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, so, um, you know but I guess it is a work in, it is a work in progress. So, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm going to continue to go because I definitely like, uh, I definitely like 
just being able to get some stuff off my chest that I think was sort of sitting there for a minute and I really mm-hmm. didn't know where to bend it. I just didn't know where to bend it. I knew it needed to be bent. I just wasn't really sure where to bend it. You know what I'm saying? And so it sort of helps me bend stuff. You yeah. Know? Um, but, you know, I, I, I just, you know what is? I just, I like the freedom of being able to do it and knowing that um, there's something, you know, where, where you know, I'm sort of coming to my own conclusions in a way, but somebody's sort of helping you guide through that process and they're not going to give you no excuses on why I that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I like that. Like, I, I totally like that because I understand the backstory. The backstory I totally get. The backstory helped me get, helps give, it co- give color to the situation. But even though I understand the backstory, my brain logically understands the backstory, what happened, but my heart, though, is still having to deal with it. You see what I'm saying? Right. Yep. <laughs> And my heart is like, yeah, I don't care nothing about that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, well, you know what my heart is saying? My, my, my brain is saying, I know. And my heart is saying, I feel. When mm-hmm. I go talk to that lady, she helps me to get through the I feels. You see right. what I'm saying? And that's sort of what, that's, that's honestly why I go. You know what I'm saying? And I think, and uh, it, it really, you know, and obviously, Tima, you help me really to see that it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm just like everybody else. Like, mm-hmm. ma'am, mm-hmm. I got you know, I'm like, I got mine. I could do my own thing. And I was like, well, no, let me just go talk to somebody. Or just let me, let me just put it to the test. You, and, and in my case, my insurance pays for it. So why not go? Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know I think I'm saying? that's a, I think what you said about like how, why you went, I think that's a perfect place for like anybody to start. If they're like, do I need this or should I sign up for therapy? It's like, if you're at a point where there's something that is coming up for you, whether it be you're afraid to do something or every time a certain situation happens, you feel triggered or it makes you upset or just something that is not settled in your life in any area, like any area of your life where you're like, there's this one part or this one situation or this one thing that just does not feel good to me. It just feels confusing. And I spend a lot of time ruminating on it and trying to figure out why I'm reacting this way. And you can't pinpoint where it's coming from. Like maybe it's overeating or maybe it's drinking or maybe it's like any of those coping mechanisms or maybe it's just that feeling of feeling stuck or feeling afraid and not knowing why, not knowing why you can't get started with something. Whatever that thing is that comes up for you when you're just like quiet and you're just still, you're just reflecting on that and you're like, you can't get to the root of that on your own, then it might be good to talk to somebody because their job is literally to help you, not to tell you what it is or not to even like give you advice of how to deal with it, but really just to like allow you to kind of dig it out yourself. Like they really just, they like hand you the shovel. They're like, oh, here you go. And you just, you (laughs) dig out the problem yourself. And next thing you know, you're sitting there like, oh, wow. That makes sense. That's why I react this way every time when this situation happens. It's like they help you to kind of put that puzzle together that you can't see right away. Exactly. That's exactly how I literally was like that. And I, even after I left her, I was able to come back and talk about it, you know, with other people. And I was okay with it. Like, I didn't feel no kind of way. I didn't do anything. And I literally felt like, you know, you know, that I was over it. And, you know, I'm a I'm a praying kind of girl. So obviously I took it to Jesus before I got there because I had to make sure she was straight. So, mm-hmm. but other than that, you know, I, you know, I still felt like it was just the right thing. Like I didn't feel like I was betraying God by talking to this woman because I was like, he, yeah, he gifted her to do this. You know what I'm yep. saying? Like that was her gift. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, everybody has a superpower. That was her. That's hers. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I take that and I think, 
I really hope that as people listen to us talk, that one, you know, not only just laughing, but I also feel like they, I, I pray that they go out here and decide to, you know, go and see if they have an issue, something they want, want to discuss, just to give it a try. It's not going to hurt nothing. Your insurance mm-hmm. going to pay for it. You know what I'm saying? Now it's time to your insurance gonna pay for it because nobody insurance wanna be the insurance to say that yeah, this chick had an issue and we ain't pay for it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I think that right there is a um I think that right there is a really good thing. I mean, as always, you know, I'm totally enjoying this book. I think that um it's amazing how much this book makes you think. You know what I'm saying? Who knew dude was gonna have us here talking? Have us thinking about so much stuff. You know, um, you know, just rethinking all your life choices. You know what I'm saying? You just rethinking about everything. Like, huh? Hmm, that's interesting. You know. Um, so as we get close to time, I think we've already been on almost an hour now. Um, do anybody have any go arounds, go backs, or anything? Anything else they would like to add before I close? No, I don't. Yeah, really nice. Yeah, okay. All right, ladies. Well, as always, thank y'all so much for spending time with me tonight and bringing y'all excitement and wisdom um, to the middle. I really appreciate it. I mean, um, as always, you know, as I be listening to these chap- these chapters, I always be thinking about which one of you all gonna, you know, um, be the key in that. So totally, Tima, when I was listening to this, I already knew this was like all Tima. Like, I was like, Tima question. And uh, <laughs> Tima question. And this is also for Tima. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, as I'm listening to stuff, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking, so I really do appreciate y'all time. I realize that, you know, y'all, everybody is so busy and everybody has so much stuff to do, but I really appreciate your time. And I've gotten such great feedback um, from this. I actually sent this over to that pastor that I was talking about. Oh, cool. You can start to listen to it and then maybe, you know, start to just start to think about, think about the importance of it. Um, and how, you know, it's something that really needs to be talked about and shared. Because um, mental health is just a big deal. It is, it is mm-hmm. a truly, truly a big deal. And I'm so happy that we're in a place in our lives now where we can actually say, wait a minute, something ain't quite right. And I ain't got to be sad today. Like, you know, to be sad, or, or, you know, to be a little sad is okay. But you should be sad for weeks. Like, that shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that is not a thing. Like, that is not, a, that is not okay. You know, and... um. So yeah, so thank y'all. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, so uh, we will be talking again next week, and we will actually be talking about um, his next chapter, which is losing my roots, which is chapter five. And so this book has seven chapters. So we're gonna do you know you know each week. Um, and so I'm looking forward to hearing your you know you all's opinions on losing my roots. And yeah, so thank y'all. Thank you. Okay. All right. Talk to y'all later. Have a great night. Bye. Bye.